plus minus. Curry, way down to Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. These things are getting very positive, man. <laughs> Championship plus minus. Championship I feel like every time minus. we do it now, it's after a win. It's all kind of positive things to say. I kind of like this when we were haters. Oh, there will be times to hate in me? the future. I'm sure. <laughs> we did enough of them in a row. We're like, oh, I'm not sure what's going on Unle- here. Unless you think a 16-0 playoff run is on the way. then. <laughs> Absolutely. There will be blood, right? There. <laughs> it's going to be a bloody playoffs, by the way. League-wide. This is setting up to be a great playoffs. But sorry, we should we should get to last night. The East, my God, the East. The good. Th- it's like, good thing they're not in the East. That would be a problem you for You go down the list of East teams, and there's like. at least two that won't make the second round that are going to be like, you know, that's going to be a disaster. You're going to be the first or second seed, and... It's draw over. Brooklyn. You're done. Yeah, you're gonna drop Brooklyn, yeah. and it's just like forget it. It's, like, it's unbelievable. Anyway, this is not Brooklyn Nets plus minus the, that I know of. This is Warriors plus minus. We talk, we talk about the Warriors. It doubles as KD plus minus <laughs> sometimes. So uh, last night, after 1,005 days, the big three were back. It really seemed to matter to Steph Curry. Uh, it really seemed to be important to him. Maybe because it was his birthday and he's feeling a bit old, you know, sentimental, might I say. But he drops 47. But afterwards, I watched the scene on TV again where he's like hugging him. It's Steph. Like, hey, like I got my guys back. You can tell he spent a lot of time without <laughs> superstars around him. He was very excited to have his guys back. And immediately, day one. Day one back, they're talking championship. Yeah, that, that was bold. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're going to win a title. We're going to win a title. I was going to say the big three aspect didn't seem to matter too much to Steve Curry. He's like staggering his rotation patterns where you're just like, are they actually ever going to share the floor together? But didn't. Anyway. He made it dramatic. He saved it till the end of the first half, and then he brought them all three together. But yeah, what? The first 11 seconds, Draymond split cut. Draymond on the post. Boop. Right there's Steph. And I was like, it is bizarre. Like, why can't they at least do this action, even if Draymond's not there? But they can't. They can't get in it, or, or the defense plays it a different way. Like, they just don't look like that when it's JTA doing that or whoever it is. But it's so much timing and read and chemistry and all that. Like, you know, there's some times where I think it was one where Draymond threw the ball before Steph was there, like, you know, passing the guy up. JTA's not doing that. Like, Belly's not doing that. Part of what they learned last season when they're like, all right, we got Kelly Oubre, we got James Wiseman, all right? Like, let's run some split-cut action. (laughs) And it's just like, I mean, you know, a lot of these players, it's just like, there's so such natural instinct to a lot of not just that but like what Draymond did last night with Steph which was you know all the different ways he gets some threes that other players they're just they're not even thinking that on their checklist on the court right Kelly Oubre like I'm floating to the corner I'm ready to slice to the lane I got the ball I'm going to the rack Wiseman obviously like where's my mid post ISO Kaminga out there he's they've got him doing some of this stuff but so much of it is just instinct and familiarity and none of the other guys have it by the way, Marcus, you're the first one to send it to me, and then I have tweeted it endlessly. Steph shoots better when Draymond's on the floor. He had open shots he was missing before Draymond came back. 
He had some shots he was missing before Draymond came on the floor last night. Then Draymond comes on the floor, and Steph is like, she, like you know he's not missing. It's like he has just got a, a, a feel and a rhythm of the things we're talking about. He's getting to the spots he's familiar with. He He's totally in rhythm. But also, it just feels better when Draymond's out there. It's a, it's a psychological thing. And when Steph Curry's feeling good... Off the ball, too, by the way, MT. Off the ball. A lot off the ball. Nobody. Um, nobody. That, he's not, really good. No, that wasn't <laughs> he's off really the good. ball. That it was, was, that was well, there was ball. some on the ball, he but like, a, lot a of couple, was off the ball. A couple off the ball, but yeah, nah. He he was bringing the ball up. He's like, yeah, I got this. But then you, getting it to Draymond and then now, they now you, you know you can't you know you can't say that though, right? Apparently I tweeted out that Steph made all seven of his threes while Draymond was on the court, and apparently I participated. And some kind of conversation aside of the debate that denigrates Steph. So people were a lot of people were like, you gotta delete this. You gotta like I was giving fuel to the enemy. So for those people, I would say, if you're watching the game, it is very clear that Steph and Curry feels this way. Right? Like when he gets in the game, the first thing he calls is the split action with Draymond in the post. That was Steph's call per Draymond. Draymond said, Steph called this play for Draymond to get the ball in the post so he can come off the screen. I don't know what it is, but he feels better when Draymond's on the court with him. And maybe it has something to do with three championships and, you know, all these years together. But if Steph feels that way, I don't know how we can deny it. It's also a part of, like... You know, this system that always gets pinned on Steve Kerr, because, you know, obviously it is his preferred style of play, ball movement, you know, less pick and rolls than pretty much every NBA team. It's always been a system that Steph Curry and Draymond Green have come to agree is like best for their skill sets, right? I mean, Draymond and Steph like high pick and rolls at times. Obviously, they have their, you know, four on three, you know, that gets Draymond going downhill, especially if like Iguodala is in the dunker spot. But but generally, this is the style they like to play and the style that they think works. And the style that last season when Kelly Oubre was unable to do it and James Wiseman was, was unable to do it, it wasn't like, hey, come on, let's change it up. It was more like, man, kind of need to get players that, that do it better. It's why they refit the roster the way they did this summer. It just is guys who are on the same wavelength who have been on the same wavelength from the beginning and and how uh, 10 years later, nine years later, whatever it is. And we've seen this with stuff like he misses these guys. He profoundly misses them when they're out. They miss him when he's out. It, this is a real thing and it continues. Well, I don't know how much longer it's going to go on, but this is a real thing. And Iguodala, we can throw Iguodala in there whenever he comes back. Uh, they're going to have, and it won't be quite the same emotions because it's not, it's not Draymond or Clay, but, this is real stuff, and it's the dynasty. It's what it was built around. It's what made it. It's what they run best with. Hey, I'll throw Looney in there, too. Like, he was part of the split. He was in the split, actually. Like, it's not a minor thing that like, Kevon Looney's kind of part, you know, integral to all this with, with those guys. It's just how the pieces fit. And, you know, Slayer, like you said, like, it wasn't – you can talk about other people who are more talented than Looney or all these other guys. It just They just don't fit the same way, and we saw it last season. And then, boop, let's go – they go do it. 15 and 5 last season, and then off into the races this season. Obviously, with some issues, which we've talked about constantly recently, but this is them clicking in the view. Like, we see this team, and whether they're going to win a championship or not, I don't know, but they're certainly saying they're going to win a championship. And uh, I don't know who's for sure is going to beat them, like matchups and all those things, but 
this is who they are. This is what we keep seeing saying, even when they're down. Like this is they still got these guys. There's something in these guys when they're together. And we haven't even seen really like Clay Thompson play great game to game to game to game. Haven't seen that yet. Uh, haven't seen him play the great defense that we've seen him do in the playoffs. I don't know if we will, but uh, this team's got shot at it. Absolutely got shot at it. And they got every right to crow about it because they've done it in the past. By the way, Tim, I thought it was hilarious when I, I posted the Looney piece and I'm talking 30 seconds after it goes up, the first comment. Take that, TK. <laughs> Is that what I mean? <laughs> Look what you've created. Even more than any, you should be more proud of that than Golden and all these other things you've done. You've 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 framed me as a loony hater. You put me up on the wall as a loony. Marcus, wait till we get to the Jordan Poole section. He was one of the. He was one wait of, till we get to the JP. Hey, he was one of the candidates for Player of the Week. I know Luka Doncic won it, but. Ooh, you about to get framed, TK, again? He's playing well, absolutely. I mean, they need it. I mean, I've never said anything but they need it, right? I've never said anything but that. I've just said, I don't know if he's going to do it, but they need it. How could you possibly not know? You've watched this greatness for three years. How, <laughs> yeah, how could you possibly season, have any questions about greatness. this? This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. You watch that and you don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you could do that. But by the way... You notice he turned to the Jordan Poole lineup down the stretch again, especially when they got a little slow. Like he took Jordan out, then he brought him right back. And I started to wonder, like, what do they do? Is that fourth spot now securely Jordan Poole's? And if so, the fifth spot is up. So, or, or I was wondering, is Wiggins securely in and the JP spot is fluctuate? Like, where do you get Otto Porter in, right? Where do you get... Like that's that's the part. Otto Porter's going to be the crossover with the first and the second unit, just because he can do shoot the ball and do some things, but not in a, you know he's not opening or closing games. Looney's an option to pull off the floor, obviously at the end, since they do it all the time anyway. Would put Draymond at center, and then you have Wiggins, Poole, you know, even possibly Kaminga, Andre. You know, you just have GP two and certain like it's going to be. That's I think I, I didn't realize at the time, maybe I, a little bit. When Kerr's talking about these lineups might switch from game to game in the playoffs, I think that's what he means. It's like those spots, and I think Wiggins is is going to be played, going to be playing almost every single time. Unless that's what I'm make, asking. Unless which spot? Yeah, I think is it's, it the Wiggins it's, spot it's or the, is it the pool it's, spot? It's a Looney spot. It's a Looney spot. Which is well, Looney spot. didn't have a spot down to close. Okay, well that's a, a pool spot. Then. That's a pool spot. Yeah. We were unable to see it yesterday because obviously Wiggins was sick. But I do want to see Clay, Steph. Jordan Poole, Wiggins, Draymond. And that's possibly a closing five in, in scenarios where the Warriors really lean into offense and like just like um and a an inability to be guarded by the other team while just trusting Draymond Green being on the floor will keep them above water defensively. You know, that could be their closing lineup. I mean it's small. If it is though, Wiggins is gonna get every open corner three in the world. Right, think about it. You got Wiggins on one side, Clay on the, like he's gonna get every open corner three, and that's what he's good at, especially on the left side. Like he could flourish in that offensively, but gotta make his free space, throws. Gotta yeah, make that's his free it. Throws. That's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. I mean, he don't need to. He don't need to make him if he just stand in the corner <laughs> and take the open. <laughs> and he's hack him. He's gonna hack hack a Wiggins and make. But a but I, I don't. I, that feels like a little bit offensive for Steve. <laughs> And also, you know, Andre's going to be in there somewhere. It is 2022. It's, you know, you trust Draymond Green 
in that situation. Like Draymond Green will not allow a defense you'd assume to be just like trampled over, right? And if you start to get trampled, you always can get Iguodala in there quickly. Looney, you, you know, Looney's Looney. always yeah, yeah. You, you got guys you can get in there, uh, I think. But hey, if Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry can hold it down on the defensive side in the perimeter, not be great, they don't got to be great, they've just got to hold it down, then you're okay. Now, I mean, I'm not sure that they can. That's been my point about Poole the, the whole time. But if they can... If they just are physical, they don't get you know blown out on the boards. If they are playing help defense, then you can do it. You absolutely can do it against a lot of teams. And a lot of teams are going to have a major problem matching up with it on the other side. Again, it's, I've, I think I've said this. It's the Don Nelson. You play your offensive players and you force the other team to try to put defensive players in. And then you don't care what those de- the defensive player does on the other side. So you can guard them. It's, again, not very Steve Kerr-like. This is not Kerr-like, but... It's shaping up that way, and you know, he, if he's going to cite plus-minus stats, the plus-minus stats are just getting better for this group. They're not getting worse recently. And we'll see how it goes against a tougher team, Memphis, whatever. Let's take Denver, for example. Let's say they're, they're closing against Denver. You put Draymond on Jokic and mostly single team uh, and trust that you know he can handle that matchup as, as good as you know anyone. And then you know Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, Monty Morris. Like, sure, they're bigger, but you know Clay Thompson on like Aaron Gordon or Jeff Green, Wiggins on the other one. You know Steph and and Poole sharing Monty Morris and Will Barton. Like, it's not ideal defensively, but like as long as Draymond's out there doing his stuff, particularly with Jokic, if you so, put Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. If you do that, then you have some issues, right? Well, you know, Denver. The Denver's tougher to guard for anybody if that happens. And I'm just saying, like, but I'd say before you, you know, unveil that on the playoff stage, like they need to see that a little bit in the last 13 games now left. So um, maybe they need, they need to see if Jordan Poole can be a playoff guy. They do. I mean, and maybe other people are convinced of it. I'm not. But let's see. I mean, he's got to play. Them extension numbers are going up. (laughs) $32 a year max deal. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, But he's playing playing well. He's playing well. He's playing well. He's playing well. And he just has like a playoff, like I'm ready for the moment type mentality. You saw it in the Denver. I mentioned in Denver, those two like key threes late. Like he is willing to take the big shots, which are key. And, and, you know, the play-in game last season, like he – like he was ready for that moment. Remember when he tried to dunk on LeBron in the uh, Staples Center game? Look, defensively, like there's going to be errors. There's going to be stuff that, you know, maybe he's not making the correct winning play in the second quarter of a game two of the playoff game. That might happen. But I believe even more than Wiggins, like Poole lives for the big moments. I mean, he's the one in college, right? He is the game winner for Michigan. I've heard about that one. <laughs> I've heard about that play. You know, it, it might come down to, I don't think it is right now, but it might come down to Wiggins or Poole for a lot of different ways, right? A lot of different timelines on that one. But he maybe even in the playoffs. Like, it, it could, like if you want Iguodala in there and Poole, then Wiggins cannot be on the floor. So, like, if you just start looking at it that way, and if Kaminga, for some reason, you know, probably not this playoffs, but at some future There point, will be nights, I think, with Kaminga, you know, because there are nights where just he pops off the, the court. He's athletically able to be up to speed with anybody, and that at some point, that's important. Well, then, if it's Kaminga and Poole, Andrew Wiggins can't be off. Like, it, it, when you start doing those combinations, Andrew Wiggins has got to come off. I still think he's on for most of the important minutes, but you can start to see the formulation where he's not. And that's good for them, right? That's You want those players. Like, you want to have those options. The way that this season has gone for them, 
you know, you take two steps back. This is good for the future. What's happening to the rotation, the way it's transforming, the way that Moses Moody's trying to like break the door down. Kaminga's trying to break the door down. Poole is like really making it be, be like, you know, you sure you want to play him over Wiggins? Poole's making it to the point, especially lately. Like not only do you want to give him 25 to 30 minutes every night, but like they're allowing him to handle the ball more often. They are designing game plans against Milwaukee where it's like, okay, you want to just swarm Steph? Like, He's just going to go stand over in the corner and take Drew Holiday over there, and we're going to give the ball to Jordan Poole up top, and we're going to trust four-on-four with Jordan Poole running the action. We're going to score a bunch, and then they do. But my general point is like the way – like this is good for their future – Everyone who's emerging right now, as some of the veterans fade to the background, JTA, Damian Lee, Bielitsa, Otto Porter even a little bit, like those are the short-term, one-year deal guys. The guys, you know, like I said, breaking the door down are all the guys that are part of their future core. So that's that's important. James Wiseman. Oops, we haven't played yet. but uh, He's playing one. his third G League game tonight. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. I mean, there was sort of a lot of emotions out there. Uh, we saw it when Draymond, he was talking afterwards about how, like, he was telling Clay, you wanted your first game back, you want to be the sub, because you want that one time, you're the only guy getting out there. Uh, Clay was a starter and didn't get it, but, but Draymond got it. He wasn't even, by the way, on the bench when that happened. He was. He said he was uh, stretching. Uh, they had a call for him, and he runs out there and gets the big thing, and there's tons of emotions. He's roaring. Lots of emotions. We can talk about a little bit. Uh, Slater, there was a, a lot of emotions going on with Draymond. Yes, in his post game, which I'm sure people saw, um, he mentioned uh, his, I guess, distrust of the media recently. All I'll say is, like, obviously, athletes and media members, particularly to ground level media members at times, their relationships can fluctuate a bit. um, And part of the job, really. I mean, you know, we report, they see, stuff happens. It's really all I got to say on it. Yep, and you know, keep reading and and view it as you as you will, and that's all fair and it's all part of life in the big city. But I think you know, like he he he's driven right now. Like there's beyond that, like there's a Draymond. I mean, he's always got a chip on his shoulder. But man, I I think like this is what Warriors fans want to see. This is what Steve Kerr and Bob Myers want to see. Like you want Draymond Green, who isn't like I've heard this stuff. He's TNT. Oh, he's he's got too many different things. He is obsessed with proving people wrong. And I don't know how many people actually thought that he was done. Uh, I mean, if you know him at all, if you've seen him play, you didn't think that. But in his mind, it's like people have written off the Warriors. They've written off Draymond Green. And not you, Slater. I'm saying in his mind, other people. And he is just just ferociously determined to prove that wrong. And he's going to try to make every minute that he's back out. And I think he did, was worried about his future when he was had this injury. I, I You know, he's given enough glimmers to think that there was some thought that this was a real big problem. Two things on that. It's an odd injury. Very, you know, because I think there's initial belief it, it's a calf injury, but it stemmed from the back, which, you know, just I think in itself is a little bit scary. And also... You know, as much as he gets bumped and bruised and knocked around, the guy's never had a significant injury. I believe he's never had a surgery. His only time he missed any extended period of time, apparently, is when he had a high ankle sprain. And He's missed time. He's missed time. Yeah, a different yeah like, different you know, he had stuff. a shoulder thing. And like, But again, these are minor. These aren't... Like ligament yeah, tear. Season could yeah, yeah, season could be over. He's yeah, he's never had that. Sort this of was thing. his. I mean, by far his longest absence, I believe, in his career. I, I didn't ask the question because I wasn't paying exactly attention. But I don't think he played a lot of center last night. 
And when we all project him to be, you know, the closing I center. Think the fact it was the Wizards, just like, but you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. We'll see, but I, I don't know if they want to. In the playoffs, we've seen them play thirty minutes at center, twenty-five minutes at center. I don't know if they are ready to do that right now. We'll see. Push comes to shove, they will always love him at center, but kind of testing the way. But I, I mean, you you wouldn't have thought that he had missed any time the way he was playing last night. Like he like this get into rhythm, get in like he had that and. I think a lot of this extended absence was to make sure that he was going to come back and play well. Like they, like they really try with clay, just a different thing. I think with shooters, the rhythm comes differently that way, but Draymond looked good. He's fired up. He's fires up Steph for sure. Uh, and there's an edge to him that we've seen in the past that has almost never been bad well maybe it wasn't great for the warriors in 2019 in november of that year but that, that was part of it too he was trying to shove duran into a certain direction and durant wasn't gonna get shoved too very often uh, on some things but this is a championship winning championship level draymond emotion like this is what gets them going and i think warriors people have been pretty pleased by that this is also playoff time you know mid-march is like the runway uh, and historically has been for them. This is about when we've heard from Draymond that, okay, now I'm really going to click. Like, even when he's been playing, like, this is clicks in. This is now. I'm, there's been some interesting Warriors moments over the years right about now. Like, you know, just how things are lining up. Where, you know, what's what's the kind of rev up emotionally for the, you know, they know it's a long haul through the playoffs. This is not a short thing. This is many months of basketball. If you thought, you know, Draymond was going to come back like a day's local or not, not, not feeling committed, uh, that was not the case. That's absolutely not the case. And again, we saw it. that gets Steph going. It just does. It just, he feels right when, when that guy's alongside with him and, you know, in the trenches with him. And sometimes they, and that's to their detriment because, like, then they don't feel it at all if those guys aren't together, but they're together, they're out there. And then Iguodala come back, and they'll have another moment like that. And four people hugging on the on the on the corner of the court there instead of three of them. Uh, it's who they are. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about tomorrow's game. It's actually like I really am excited to see it. Like Boston has been the best defense in basketball for the last few months. They've actually leaped the Warriors. They're the top defense in the league season wide, but it's been like really stingy the last few months as Boston has like formed their identity and really emerged as as one of the many teams out east that you could legitimately see winning the conference but you know especially you know that everything looked good last night but you know Wizards are, are free falling they lost in Portland they you know they're trying to you know fit this poor Zingas piece in I think they're like the sixth worst defense in basketball they got a lot of bad defensive players. I was just looking like, who's good on that? Not that many good defensive players. Like, if Kuzma's like one of their better defensive players, that's not Kuzma good might, player. I mean, with Bradley Beal out, Kuzma's their best player. That's not a great thing. He's having I mean, he's a good fine, season. But that, but, yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not a great thing. It's not a great thing. No, but Boston, like, and you know, historically, Boston, like, plays them well, right? Marcus Smart, Bulldog defense. Tatum's 
can score on them. Remember the. There's going to be a question like who's guarding Tatum and who's guarding Jalen Brown. Like, see, they're a team that you go, I don't know if you can go Steph Clay uh, pool for a long amount. Maybe, but then you can go to the other side, who's guarding them? But Tatum and Jalen Brown are two way guys who can destroy you offensively. And the Warriors have traditionally had those kind of guys. And we'll see if they have them, if Jordan Poole is one of those guys. It's just, it's a, it's a fascinating game. Boston just lost to Dallas, but like, hey, Dallas pretty good. Like <laughs> we've seen, that's a pretty good team. I'm going to be curious about the matchups. I'm just to be curious if the Warriors. This is a playoff level. I mean, more than a playoff. I mean, it's a almost a championship level matchup. And can this stuff that the Warriors are doing hold up? Can can they can they do this stuff? How's Bielitsa going to hold up? You know, in 15 minutes like this. It's just a lot of stuff going on. You're right. It's interesting. And again, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. What are the Warriors going to do with them? Who's who's guarding Tatum? Probably Wiggins. Who's guarding Jalen Brown? Then Clay. Yeah, um, and that's tough for Clay. But you know, I mean, we mentioned on the last pod, but Clay's like he doesn't believe it. Not that he doesn't believe it's tough, but he doesn't believe he's a bad matchup, right? He's like, yeah, I don't worry, Wiggins. I got the other one, basically. You know, this is good to see in the regular season. This is good test for him. So I, I would like to see him individually trying to guard, most likely Jalen Brown, right? I mean, that's, you would say, the easier of the two matchups, even though he's really yeah. good. Who can't who can go off. Yeah, I mean, who absolutely he can get can't 40. Go off. He can get 40. I'm going to be, I mean, there's going to be minutes where Kaminga's going to have to guard one of one or both, you know, either one of them. No question. Like Kaminga guarding Jason Tatum would be very interesting. I mean, Tatum is a better player right now, but I'd be very curious to see that. By the way, at least as of now, we have no idea if Wiggins is playing. He missed the last game of six and, and Kaminga started. Now, Kaminga started in the Draymond spot because again, and this is going to be the case tomorrow night. Draymond's probably only going to play 20 to 23 minutes again, may come off the bench again just to, to manipulate minutes. So that makes the the matchup all the more difficult and it would all uh, <laughs> i don't know that he would play in this game this would be a huge game for you all so they play wednesday tomorrow the game we're mentioning and then they have thursday off friday off saturday off play sunday before a road trip it would seem to me if anybody's nearing getting back Iguodala potentially and then you know wiseman who we can get into that would be the the break the three-day break to maybe integrate them into practices and scrimmage scrimmage Scri- yeah, scrimmage yeah scrimmage but just like ca- kind of get it implemented whatever you're doing what you know so second unit you know that Wiseman was going to be playing with probably getting like I, I've written about you know 12 minutes or so maybe the Bielitsa minutes the non-Steph minutes that would be the period where you can really kind of try to work out any kinks behind the scenes before unveiling it so to me that's Sunday is blinking to me as the possible James Wiseman return and maybe Iguodala I mean that's dependent on Iguodala's body and how they feel but uh yeah that's what I'd say well you saw Wiseman a couple times uh Stockton and San Francisco what's your what, you, you think he's close you think he can contribute he looks very much like the player we last saw right you know it's like get it near the rim on a pick and roll even on a rebound like if he's inside and he's near like dunking vicinity he's dunking he's huge he's of the 99 percentile of of center athletes in the league from an agility like straight line speed standpoint from a you know standing reach and at times fluidness you know there was a there was a play in the the chase center game where he faced up you know one dribble to the right just you know dunk looks unbelievable remember the one he had on pj washington against charlotte last year 
It's just, you know, it's looks like a superstar center type play. Now, then you watch the, the, the full length of the game and there is defensive errors. I mean, he's still kind of a step behind as he's trying to be a rim protector. He always seems a little hesitant to contest. Maybe he's trying to avoid a foul, but then he's, you know, uh, a split second late on a floater from a G League guard. Quinn Cook is, you know, floating. It's like he can't even get to that shot at times. You know, he's still understandably the kind of like searching where to be out there. And then, you know, the hands at times, if it's sometimes there were some really nice catches where he snatched in it in transition, but then there's also like, you know, balls bounce towards his shin and it's he's fumbling it or he's making the decision. I'm going to go into traffic and he's getting stripped pretty easily. He rebounded better. I would say that would be the one thing that looked improved. And I think a lot of that is this 10 to 15 pounds of muscle he added, but he had 14 rebounds in like 19, 20 minutes uh, in one of the games. So I think there's a little bit more just like strength inside, but he still kind of gets knocked around a little bit. Very raw to me. Like when it comes down to it in the playoffs, I don't expect I expect him to play either very little like you know maybe you see cameos in like the second quarter or you know potential DMPs when we're talking about when Kerr's like you know trimming the rotation to eight nine players particularly with the pieces that Kerr has that he trusts but I still see you know potential if developed well like James Wiseman could be a really good piece for the future it's just you can see why it's unfair to believe as late as he's debuting this season, as rusty as he is, as behind as he is in what his development path would have been had he not got injured, it seems a little unfair to believe, like, boom, immediate impact. Like, sure, we're going to see him in the second unit getting some pick and rolls, and, like, it'll be good to see, and it'll be helpful for him, but, I, you know, second round against Memphis, like, I don't know that you can trust him. I know, I was just watching those games on TV, and I'll just say, I just know he was running. He really was running. I mean, and and I know they love that from the beginning. He just can outrun his opponent, and you get free baskets that way. Or you you know you get down there, and even if it's not a clear path, you just you set up early, you set up low, you turn around, you dunk. That's a big thing. The second one is his hands are not great. They were not great last season. You know, just that kind of get the ball and turn, and then the ball comes out. And those are the things that kill you in Steve Kerr's eyes. Like he cannot tolerate that where, you know, he talks about the 0.5 decision-making and is not two second and fumble. Like that kills his offense. I don't know how you get, make that better. It's, it's a hard thing. Some guys seem to get a little bit better. It's, it's, it's an unfair comparison. I'm not saying he should be in this line, but you watch Jokic and he's great in almost every level. One of the things to me, that really sounded, it's like the Chris Webber, Larry Bird thing. If he gets his hands on the ball, he has control of it. That's it. Like, And you can knock him around, knock it. He's getting the ball and he's flipping it to the basket with great touch. That is, again, he's probably the best at it in this league for a big man. But Wiseman doesn't have anything like that. And he does need something there where... If you get the ball to him, you can trust that it's going to stay in his hands and then there's going to be a decision made with it. Um, I don't think he's going to got that, you know, six foot floater or anything like that, but something that you can believe in him. You know, Kaminga is kind of fighting through that right now, but like if he's close to the rim, the ball's going up and it's going up pretty soft to the rim. He's not kind of fumbling. He fumbles it on the spin, you know, kind of at the free throw line. That's understanding NBA guys are going to reach in there. He's just never had that before where he's had six foot seven guys reaching for the ball and whacking at it. 
Wiseman, if he's flipping and dropping, it's going to be a problem. Like he's not going to play. He's not going to play if he's dropping a ball on the post or you know even the mid post. He's just that's not what you do in this offense. I talked to Dayon a little bit in Stockton, uh, who's obviously works closest with Wiseman, and you know you mentioned the name Jokic, right? This is Jokic's his coach when he was younger, and you know part of Dayon's point is like you can only do so much behind the scenes where half the time he hasn't even really been able to like you know jump. It's a very, you know, minute skill work, but but generally most of Wiseman's time in the last 11 months has been spent like just rehabbing a knee and he needs film. He needs to make mistakes on the court. He needs to do a lot of this stuff and feel a lot of this stuff so then they can go back and like try to implement it. And it's a reason why he's playing a third G League game really because the stuff you're mentioning, the mistakes that in a lot of times coaches eyes for young players are good to make so then you can go to the film and go this is what was wrong you know remember when you did this try to correct that they're finally now getting a little taste of that for for Wiseman for the first time in about a year where you know you put him in an NBA game as they're going to soon the assumption is don't even put him in uh, you know opportunities to make those type of mistakes like don't have the ball up top where you're dribbling and you're making a play and you know don't isolate him in the mid post where as we don't 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 yeah don't do that (laughs) yeah you know it's good for him to do down in santa cruz and like you know it'll be good in the summer league it's you know kerr's mentioned that a few times they're probably going to want him to play at least you know three four five summer league games and you know early next season but you know once he gets back if they're really trying to like see what he can do it's going to be in a lot more you know limited simplified role where you just don't allow as many of those mistakes that you're talking about marcus thompson has returned wow he's back is he worse than belly he does different things well and and you know bielitsa certainly you know as a shooter you trust bielitsa lining up a 27 footer more than wiseman at this point bielitsa i'd say Against Jokic in a post matchup, you don't like either of them in that matchup. But Bielitsa, you know, it's more veteran, I guess. But also, like, you know, there's a lot of times, you know, you could Looney too, but like Wiseman's just dunking, getting more points. And I think there are certain matches. Remember the Spurs game last year where Aldridge was a little bit stiff in the pick and roll and they kept using Wiseman? He got like nine dunks in that game. I wonder about that. To me, it just looks a lot of the same. <laughs> I do think he was rebounding better. You know, he's like aggressively going for boards. Uh, but but he did get winded. Obviously, that's a part of it. I just watched him trying to figure out what could he do if you put him with the Warriors right now. And the weird part was the amount of posts like he was calling for. It was like, you still doing that? Like, but maybe that's just the setting, right? Where it's, it's like a G League you know, opponents. Yeah, yeah, opponent, it's a setting, right? but it's like you're not going to do that. If, if somehow there was a way to kind of carve off all of that stuff, I just wonder if he just went in and rebounded and finished. I, it, the, the JaVale McGee role comes to mind. Like if, if you could just simplify his game, problem is he still looks like, like it's tough for him to know where to be defensively. Maybe he's better at it. But I don't know if it's enough at this point of the season to put in there. He's talking more. I was impressed with that, particularly in the Stockton game. I sat really close just because it was easy to sit close in Stockton. And he was barking out signals and like more back line. And I did, you could just see the eyes sometimes like surveying better. I think he's a little bit upgraded, uh, you know, from a defensive like awareness standpoint. But again, and I mentioned it when, when it was just me and Tim talking. There's he's still a step behind. Like the re- he has that weird rim protection like qualities where he's either overzealous and he's fouling, or he's telling himself can't foul, can't foul, can't foul, and then he's a second late on the contest. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I a lot of those theoretically, and we've seen it actually happen. We saw it happen last night when Bealita and Draymond on the court. A lot of the stuff that makes you concerned about him will, in the interim, be covered by the fact that he's playing with Steph and Draymond, right? Like Draymond is there to say push up like he doesn't do that hey you be there because i'm gonna be here or you know and kind of help him along the way and obviously steph will help him you know just playing with steph will help him offensively i don't think he's getting those minutes with them come on then we're gonna put away uh you know jordan Poole. jordan Poole, same same deal both of them are better than chioza Jordan Poole's going to tell him where to be defensively, does it? <laughs> no, offensively. Offensively. Okay, okay. The combination I've heard that, that intrigues them is Poole as his pick-and-roll partner and Iguodala on the floor doing what you're talking about, like organizing. And, you know, this is for Poole too, right? You but know, it's just not like Quindari Richardson and Chioza. Wow, Quindari Richardson. You hear that, Tim? He's pulling that one out. He was looking for him last night. Like, where's Quindari Witherspoon? He's like, where is it? Oh, did you say Richardson? Yeah, I did say Richardson. Quindari <laughs> Witherspoon. Yeah, I did okay. say <laughs> You were looking for Quindari Richardson. I, I, that was the I problem. Asked, that's night. the problem. I couldn't find him. <laughs> you know who he was thinking? Quentin Richardson, remember? Quentin <laughs> Richardson, exactly. Podcast, who I was thinking. Podcast for Quentin Richardson. I was thinking Quentin Richardson. But, like, I, I do think he's a guy, to put it another way, talent around him will matter right it will it will matter dramatically uh so some of the stuff where you're like i don't know put him around good players it'll help to cover some of that stuff but he's so big he's so athletic he can be so like aggressive at times it's hard not to see how you can't use that right it's like hey man and if you could just put him in if you could stop the game on a situation and be like all right cut and paste and put Wiseman in this situation, like, be like, I, li- I like the answer. I like how this equation is going to end. The problem is the stuff before those equations, right? It's like all of that. But you put him in this moment, it's like, okay, that's a bucket. That's a dunk. That's a block. That's a rebound. Or that's a contest just because he's seven foot, you know. In other words, I see why people keep saying we still got Wiseman, right? Don't forget about Wiseman. They're still saying it. They're still saying it. I see that here's the issue. It's happening so late is that, yes, you can see all this, especially working off of Steph and Clay, right? Like that's what you see him as the diver when you know, people can't leave the shooters and he's going to have to cut right through the lane. And if he gets it with one step, it's it's flushed. The problem is like this, we, we saw it. He runs kind of the he kind of messes up the Steph system right we saw like his numbers were, with Steph last season were horrendous were scarily horrendous like there's just something that doesn't quite work in a, unless he's in a way we've never seen either, oh it's right? like, like I was like I didn't quite see it with the eyeball test you just look at the numbers like this is terrible this is a, like he is dragging Steph Curry down and that cannot happen and they had to pull him out of there and I just don't think that's been fixed clearly I mean we have no idea and I can't imagine that it has been so he can't play with Steph right now I just like I just can't see where like okay give him 10 minutes with the Steph as we've seen with this rotation pattern he's done with the experimenting right and like Wiseman minutes are experiments at this point under you know which is fine but though that should go to their the minutes that they can most afford to risk, which are the minutes they already struggle the most with, right? If you if you struggle in the non-Steph minutes with Wiseman on the court, okay, you kind of struggle, you know, most of the time without Steph anyway. So that is where you experiment. I at this point, in my opinion, and I think it's Steph's opinion, like 
let the Steph minutes be, especially the way he's starting to gain a rhythm. You know, the pattern's feeling a lot more comfortable. That's a next season thing. Unless Steph wants to play a little summer league, a little Vegas summer league, Steph. <laughs> yeah, Steph well, I'm just Maybe, saying, don't, don't like the way Stockton looked. He might want to do a G League game. Don't, don't discount really the time Steph need a rest and the value of having the seven-footer to take a 27-footer. Like, he probably wants that. He probably like, hey, why is when you go cook right now? Hey, Marcus, what would Steph say if Joe Lacob came up to him this summer and said, Steph, we'd like to play you in a couple uh, summer league games in Vegas so with Wiseman. You know, just just the Wiseman minute. He'd be like, hey, yeah, I sure, if you double my salary. Yeah, give me another. Give me, <laughs> That's give against me a, the CBA. Six, <laughs> give me 5% of the team. It'd be just great. Not if it's crypto. <laughs> no, crypto. Uh, uh, Steph's, <laughs> Steph, we know Steph's playing with Draymond and mostly playing with Looney. Like, that's like that. We can see that. that that's happening. And so that means he's not playing with Wiseman. Wiseman will get those other minutes. It's 10 to 12 a game. And it's there. It's there for him. I mean, it's a, it, good, it, it's a yeah. good goal for Wiseman, right? Like, yeah. I want to get good enough that you can put me on the court with Steph, right? It's it's levels. It's something to strive for. Man, I want to play with Steph one day. You know, I think Kaminga should be good with Steph, right? We can see he should be. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. You know, but, you know, he's working towards it. He's not terrible with Steph. It's not like Wiseman's stats, again, which were unbelievably bizarre. It's like that was a little bit like when Steph and Monte were together and the Steph minutes, they were good and the Monte minutes, they were terrible. It's like, okay, the numbers are telling us something here. And it, last year, it was that Steph and Wiseman should not be on the floor together and they will not be on the floor together. Kaminga can work into it. Kaminga can do so many other things. Uh, can is so versatile that, that you could see that coming. But that hasn't quite happened yet. It's Steph and Draymond. It's Steph and Clay. It's Steph and Poole. Like, those are the alignments that are working. Steph and Peyton. Like, we haven't, like, like that's a big number. For, and it just continues to be a big number when and if Peyton gets back on the floor. that That's what's going to get him on the floor. It's his numbers with Steph. So we're seeing it. The, the, the Steph stuff is formalizing. Like, we're seeing that. Now it's going to be what do they work or how they work around that. And what do they do in the non-Steph minutes? And, you know, again, if they're okay in the non-Steph minutes, they're pretty tough to beat because they're going to be very good in the Steph minutes. I'm amazed. Kaminga's three-point shot, <laughs> it, it keeps looking better I and was better. Watching, you know? I, the other day, I got there early, and I was watching him and, and Moody. Man, Kaminga's shot looks good. Like, yeah, wait just, a yeah, second. It's, it's just, Hold on. Yeah, I mean, it looks better than Moody's. It do, I mean, Moody's is going to have a three-point shot in this league, and he's made them, but... I, just for like the ball starts popping around and somebody's open. If Kaminga's the, the open guy, I, I think he's most of the time is going to make it. This is Kaminga from three. His last looks like it's like 10, 11 games. Two of two, one of two, one of three, one of five, two of four, three of five, one of four, two of three, two of five, oh, a three, two of five. Like that's that's pretty consistent. Solid yeah, if you can make one three a game in the playoffs, <laughs> they would be quite happy. And then a couple of times he makes three a game. Uh, like this, and he's 19. Like this is like, just think about where that's this is going to go in three years. Like he's going to be a very good three point shooter in three years, and he's okay now. He started his rookie season something like one of like 13 from three, and he's dragged his season percentage, including that one of 13, up to 34, percent which is a solid percentage. You know, especially 
Yeah, I asked her what two times ago, like, hey, you feeling better about him shooting the three? He's like, yeah, you know, I still kind of want other things He's to like, happen. Then when it did you it. hear that quote in Portland? What a quote by Jonathan. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. He, he says he doesn't need to shoot the ball. That's not as nice. That was really smart that, of this young man. That was man. his favorite quote of the season. I think he keeps <laughs> referencing He was so happy. He was, did you hear what he said the other day? He said, was I, all these I shooters, actually have it on my phone right here. I'm going to replay <laughs> it in the press conference. Oh. Uh, but Steve is shooting 42% from three in the last... Uh, you know what? The greatest quote was when he said he doesn't need to shoot the ball for this team. It's, uh, it's, I just, it just feels like every time I'm thinking, don't shoot that. Like, oh, that's not the good... It feels like every time I think that when Kaminga shoots it, he makes it. Every time. Now, for the last, it's like, nah, that's not the show. And okay. I'm still sitting there thinking, it's not the show. <laughs> no, no, no. Still. And he, he, I agree with you. He keeps making it. And he had a big one last night. Like, I think, didn't the, didn't the you know, uh, the Wizards, had, you know, they were making that little rally. And I think Porzingis or somebody hit a three to cut it to nine or something. And he adds so pops it, around yeah. and he like goes to Kaminga. Okay, shooting the three. Like, he better not miss this because they could get the ball back and t- cut it to six. Get him, boop, back up to 12. Like, you know, this is a guy who's who's growing as we're watching. And you know, we all, everybody knows my feelings about what he can be as a player and what they can see from him even now. But, man, just think, he's 19. He's 19, doing this stuff, competing on a very high level, obviously mistakes, obviously foul, too foul prone. Uh, he, he, I mean, he hurts people when he fouls them, right? I mean, how many guys have come out of there, like, shaking their heads and, you know, not on their head when Kaminga bops into them? And the Warriors could use something like that. You know, not doing it intentionally, but just a physical force. And now he's looking like he might be, like, a 38% shooter from three at six foot eight, doing all the stuff he does, including, I mean, we all know what he can do around the rim. This guy's going to be special. I said, I mean, again, all-star, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, he's going to be a guy that people pay money to watch uh, and that's pretty good for them to know you know who else is going to be a guy people pay plenty money to watch jordan Poole. so take that tk he's also somebody people are going to be paying a lot of money to employ yeah, that's just to true. employ that's, that's the big one true. <laughs> they got all this money sunk into steph clay and draymond and they're gonna have to take a serious serious look at the tax bill of what of of Jordan Poole, but they might. Have to, I'm not saying they won't do it. I'm just saying at this point, I wouldn't do it. Let, let's see what Tim, happens. Tim, if they ain't willing to pay a lot of money to employ him, I know some other teams who might. <laughs> Sacramento Kings. Oh, Sacramento certainly. Kings. <laughs> Come on up to Golden One. <laughs> he's a Come perfect on. Sacramento Kings player. He's a perfect Sacramento Kings player. But again, he's he. I'm not ripping him. I'm going to be discussed like this forever on this podcast, like I do. I just, I just want to see him do it. I want to see him play defense in a playoff situation. I want him to see him be an important player before I start anointing him. He could do it. He's got the, he's absolutely got the talent to do it. Let's see it. Yeah, I, I think that's an accurate take. I, I, I just also feel the same way about Mr. Andrew Wiggins. So I think they got two <laughs> well, of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, like, yeah, no question. It's the position I think maybe more than anything that I get stuck on with Bulls. Like they've got guards, but that's why they didn't take you know, ball, but you're right. I mean, you, you do what he's doing. I, I'm going to go with you. Wiggins, I just think it's the position that small forwards, incredibly valuable position in the NBA, incredibly valuable. And, and Wiggins is your pro, you know, prototypical small forward. If you had to draw up a small forward in the NBA who isn't LeBron James, 
it, it would the, the body type and the talents would be Andrew Wiggins. You'd want him to make free throws at a high, just, much higher so rate. So you don't see Kaminga being that. Yeah, again, you know, I see Kaminga as a combo. Like he's a combo. So I don't. I mean, if yeah, it, it, absolutely, do I see him as a as a as a potential really really good small forward? But I see him more as a guy you play along with a small forward. Like he's one of your two forwards more than like. Just need a small forward who can guard guards and can guard forwards. The same deal, that's Andrew Wiggins. If he can make free throws and do all these other things, and you're right, he does have to do it in the playoffs. He's got to do it in the playoffs for him to even, for the Warriors to even think about like signing him beyond the end of his contract, which is ends next season. Like, no question. No question. But they can't get, like, we were talking about this a little, like, they can't get anything for him. So they're writing this out. Like they're writing all these out. These these deals that they've they're writing him out, seeing where it comes at the end. They're not trading Andrew Wiggins in the in the near future. I just can't see it. They just what are you gonna get for him? You're not getting back the value they got for him. They, they, they get for him when he plays, which is a, a prototypical small forward. They just need him to make free throws. <laughs> like literally it. Make free throws. And that changes everything for him. Kaminga makes his free throws. It's he does. Right. He's making a lot now. No question. No question. I feel like it's only appropriate that we end this episode with some 49ers news. Jordan Schultz is reporting that the 49ers are talking to Deshaun Watson. TK, what is happening? I also saw somebody <laughs> shoot that down. Like a, I can't. Of course, I can't. I can't, I can't imagine that being yeah. the. Yeah, I can't I imagine can't. that. Bigger news: I mean, Matt Olson has agreed to an eight-year, one hundred sixty-eight yeah, million. We're, we're not. We're done. I'm not talking about the A's. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. How many A's uh-uh. game will you be attending this? Uh, zero. 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 Not one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a single A's. I was game. zero last year. I might be zero again. That's like, what? What's the point? Like, what's the point? At this point? Yeah. What's the point? Oh, you know, they could. They could be frisky. Mark Kotze could rally him up. Gotta love them. And who's playing first base? For, yeah, let's not talk about days. Let's not talk. Let's 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 move on from that. Yeah, I would bet a lot of money that Deshaun Watson would not be on the Four Niners. So I'll just say it that way. A lot, a lot, a lot. I just think that's hilarious. That's you guys hilarious. just love it when 49ers news breaks on on the on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they great. react live to it. Like look at your live reaction to this. It's all good. It's all good. I can do it. I can do it. All right, until next time, I'm sure it'll be after a win and it'll be all positive and lovely and and grand and and warm, right? That that's what we do now. Uh or maybe uh maybe we'll get some maybe we'll stop being homers on the next one. Maybe that, maybe that way. I wasn't gonna go to the Boston game, but maybe I'm gonna go now. I wasn't gonna, but it's I, a big just, game. It's a big game. I just got so for like something's happened with the four niners one of these two days. Like I'm just it's like today. Yeah, I'm ready for it to happen, so I'm not planning ahead beyond that. But it's a good, it's a good game. I do want to see how they match up with Tatum and and, and Brown. So maybe I'll go. We'll see. There, there's our cliffhanger. Am I gonna go to the Warriors game tomorrow night? There's, there's the cliffhanger. Or is Deshaun Watson coming <laughs> to the <laughs> We're out of here. Thanks for listening.